Welcome to Business Unveiled Podcast. This is the place where we help overwhelmed, time-starved entrepreneurs like you make the profitable shifts to get more done and get more out of life. I'm your host, Angela Prophet, award-winning eight-figure entrepreneur and CEO. And in every episode of Business Unveiled, I'm bringing you conversations that will give you the expertise and strategies that will scale your team and business so you can get shit done. That's GSD in our world. So get your time back and grow a business that helps you be present in your life. Let's do this, y'all. Today's podcast is being brought to you by Todoist, your go-to app to free up your mental space. Put all your to-do items in one list, share list with team members, and remember to tag a deadline. Todoist has helped millions of people complete over 1.5 billion tasks in 150 plus million projects. Companies like Amazon, Facebook, WeWork, Disney, just to name a few, and our company use it every single day to run their company manage projects and tasks for clients, as well as internal business management. Todoist has been around for well over a decade, and it is the task manager that you can trust for life. So put down the pen and paper and the post-it notes in your planner and start using Todoist today so you can outsource and delegate And sleep at night with peace of mind that you know that your to-do list for your business and your clients is getting done and getting done on time. And it's safe in the cloud. Give it a try today. Use my link, angelaprofit.com slash todoist, T-O-D-O-I-S-T. Before we get started today, I have a question for you. Are you too busy to do one more thing, to add one more thing to your plate? Chances are that you're feeling like you don't have enough time in the day to get everything done. You're pulled in a million directions. There are so many distractions, notifications. You may not be sleeping. You find yourself saying yes to the wrong things. And you're stressed. Is it ever going to end? If you want a solution to overcome distractions, I have a free gift for you. You can go grab my free video course. This is a four-day short video course that will teach you what the first steps are to stop the distractions, increase your productivity, and get your time back. You can register today for the four steps to better productivity at gsdsecrets.com. In today's episode, I'm so excited about the things that you're going to learn because really it's so important to understand your target audience. And if you're an entrepreneur and looking to get an ROI from being an influencer, we're going to talk all about how you can do that and how you can use Instagram stories to sell your audience and also the number one converting strategy to make sales via stories. So pack your bags. You're coming on a journey with us today. Hi, y'all. It's Angela. I'm back for another episode of Business Unveiled. And today I'm super excited to talk with Jenny Melrose. Jenny actually has an awesome podcast. And so we've chatted before, but let me tell you a little bit about her. She's a former reading specialist who and I say this loosely, like retired because she's super young (laughs) from her teaching career. And when her blogging income really started to exceed her salary. And so, yes, like you can do your passion and make more of an income um, based on what you didn't go to school for, because I I've ended up in that exact same boat. And so through lots of hard work and dedication, her lifestyle blog, which we'll talk about that later. You guys will have to check it out. Um, it's called the Melrose family. It's awesome. It really became regularly sought out by national recognized brands. And I'm not talking just like brands that you haven't heard of, like Neutrogena, Smuckers, Glad, Costco, Stanley Steamer, Sarah Lee, and like a, t- a ton more. 
And like, I actually know all those brands, <laughs> which I live in a rock sometimes. So it's saying a lot, but she's a content strategist and she helps other entrepreneurs better understand their messaging and unique positioning in the online space, which by the way, y'all, I'm still learning that. It's like, you got to focus and have one message or you just confuse the consumer. And like, that's been my whole business career. So I totally appreciate that. But now she's combining her passion for teaching with her extensive experience in creating strategic content for online business owners. You, you can like check it all out. JennyMelrose.com. We'll put it in the show notes. And she, and again, she has a podcast, Influencer Entrepreneurs with Jenny Melrose. And so she's also an author, Influencer Entrepreneurs, the four-step framework to building your audience, growing your business, and making more money online. Again, you guys, she was a teacher. So if you're thinking of completely like, banning your nine to five. Don't think of it that way. Think of it as using your experience to elaborate on something more. And that's what Jenny's done. So Jenny, welcome to the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to talk to you, Angela. Yay. I'm excited to just catch up on things. And so first, before I know all this, but before we dive in and for listeners who have never listened to your podcast or been on your blog before, take us down that road, that journey of how the heck have you gotten to where you are today? Of course. So I started the Melrose family when I had a six month old. I had lost kind of myself as a new mother and I needed a creative outlet. I just needed something that was my own and made me feel like I was back to my normal self. So that was back in 2009 is when I started it. Um, I had it for 10 years. I created quick and easy recipes and projects for busy parents. Um, I was a full-time teacher at the time in the inner city and I was a reading specialist. So it was always interesting. Uh, teaching and getting, I always tell people you, whenever I speak in front of people, I say, just don't feel like you can't ask questions. Cause I'm used to dodging chairs. Um, I was very much <laughs> to dodging. Oh my chairs. gosh. Yeah. And you just kept on so teaching. Real. So I loved my kids and I loved what I did, but it just got to be to a point where they changed the teaching industry. And there's so many more requirements and expectations and I just started to feel like I wasn't making a difference in these kids' lives anymore because we were just set up to lose. Um, and I realized that, well, this side hustle that I've been doing, it's starting to make a decent income coming in. What if I really started to like push, especially over the summers when I was home, I'm trying to figure out how I could truly, truly monetize it. And the way in which I did that was working with sponsors. I was never a huge blogger. I never had 10, even 10,000. I didn't even have 10,000 followers on Instagram. Um, and I had less than 200,000 page views, but I had an audience that engaged with me and I knew my audience. So I could pitch that to brands to show them how my audience would be the perfect fit for their product. And I was able to put together a strategy that worked well in getting these contracts with local businesses as well as national brands. So from which there, is amazing, <laughs> amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Um, it it was definitely a process, but it was something that we were able to do. Um, and once I was able to replace that teacher salary, we decided that I was going to retire. I was 35 at the time. Um, and I came, we actually moved from New York down to North Carolina and I was starting to get asked by a lot of bloggers. How did you do it? How did you replace it? How did you make sponsorships work for you? And that's when I started JennyMelrose.com because I was getting asked so often about how to do it that I created my signature course, Pitch Perfect Pro, which teaches the entire process. And then just started falling in love with the coaching side of things. And I sold my lifestyle site for six figures back in 2019. So I had it for 10 years and sold it. And now I just focus on the coaching side of, of my business. That's amazing that you, like how, when you sold it, was that your mindset and your intention when you which I know it wasn't because like you said, it was just an outlet for yes. you to like feel human, yeah. you know, rather than just like tending to a six month old. But how was that 
as a woman who started something and grew it, like, were you like, hell yeah, I'm selling this? Or were you kind of like, oh my gosh, this is my baby and I'm going to sell it? Like, how was that relationship? It was a little bit of both because at that point I was doing the lifestyle site and I was doing my coaching business and my coaching business was exploding because of the course that it was taking so much of my time that I felt like I was ignoring the Melrose family, the lifestyle site. I had a team that was working on it, but my hands weren't in it. And that site had been so much of me and my family that Yes, it absolutely felt like my baby, but I felt like I was neglecting it. So we decided it was definitely time to sell it. And during the process, I was all gung-ho. And then probably a week before we closed on the sale of it, I had told her in the beginning that I wanted to take all the pictures down of my girls. And she was great. She was also a mother that bought the site and said, absolutely, of course. And I went to go do it. And I couldn't, it was 10 years of like the journey of my family and my kids and seeing them as babies, making recipes with me. There were pictures of me like standing on top of a table with a newborn in one of those swaddle things on (laughs) as I shot standing (laughs) over the food. Um, It was just, it was so much of my life that I couldn't do it. So yes, it was a bit of both. So did you leave them up? I did leave them. I couldn't take them down. Good. <laughs> good. And she was very, oh, I think that's good. Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. So like for people who are either new at building an audience, which there's a difference between an audience and a target audience, what can you tell them about where to start? And if you have an audience, but it's not really targeted and it's not your audience that's going to listen to you and it's not going to convert. What would you say to people about that? Yeah, I would say the first thing, even before you go into the audience, you need to figure out what is the problem that you are going to solve for people? Because that answer is going to then matter who the audience is. For me at the Mallers family, I created quick and easy recipes and projects so parents could have time to give back with their kids to create special moments. So my target audience became obviously a lot of majority of them were moms. And I wanted someone that was busy, that needed to do things quickly, wasn't looking for gourmet meals, wanted something simple to be able to put on the table and would love the stories that kind of went along with it. Um, so when you're creating that audience and thinking about who am I trying to reach with this, it often, I always tell people it's create kind of like an avatar. And I know the word sounds funny because you think of like Disney and the avatar all <laughs> movie and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Not like that. What I mean is an avatar is that like ideal person that you're trying to talk to. And a lot of times what I've found is that that avatar is you probably from three years ago because you're always talking to someone from that is farther behind you. So I always give about three years. And then it also normally involves a little bit of your best friend because your best friend is that one that would call you out and tell you, you would never say that. You wouldn't talk like that. You wouldn't work with that brand. So she's the one that's going to keep you in line and make sure that the content you're creating is meant for the right person. So I think really creating that avatar can be so helpful, knowing who it is you're reaching for. You should go into like socioeconomic status, like do you want them to be middle class? Do you want them to be upper middle class? Do you want them to live on the East Coast, the West Coast? And sometimes that seems silly to create that, but your content that you're creating is going to be based upon that. The things that you say, I talk like an East Coaster from New York. I now live in the <laughs> South. Um, but I don't say things that they do on the West Coast. So for me, it didn't make sense to try to have a West Coast person. Um, we also don't have, as a food blogger, we don't have the same fruits and vegetables at the same time of year as someone on the West Coast does. So mm-hmm. for me, I needed to know that she was East Coast for sure. Um, and mine was actually someone, my avatar for the Melrose family uh, worked in Manhattan and commuted in from New Jersey. I mean, I could go in, I was so specific about this girl that I was talking to that was my ideal audience because it just made it easier to create that content for her and then attracted so many others like her. 
And it's like, if you have different products and, and different revenue streams, you want to create an avatar for each of those, right? Yes. And a lot of times that's going to be based upon like experience level, right? Or interest level, especially depending mm -hmm. upon like what niche you're talking about, whether that is events or organizing, you're always going to have people at different levels of experience. You definitely want to decide if you want to work with beginners or if you're looking to work with more advanced. I knew for myself as a coach, I create content for beginners, but personally, one-on-one, -on -one, I want to work with someone that has a little bit more experience under their belt so that I don't have to go through like the basics of building a site. That's not in my like tool belt of what I am good at doing. Yeah. So it's, it's funny that all this is coming up again, because we are working with a company to re, I would say like a kind of a facelift of just like my personal brand. Mm -hmm. And so when we looked at the different income streams and all of that, we had, um, you know, where my heart is, is like helping women that where it was me like 15 years ago. And so we created an online course for that. And so exactly what you are talking about, and her name is Carol, which is like a totally fake person, yeah. <laughs> but we made up Carol as if like literally we're BFFs. And then we have our client avatar, which exactly what you're just saying, which is Conrad, who is a man. Um, and he has been in business for at least 15 years and he knows that he needs a productivity shift. He doesn't need an online class because that's not where his head is. He owns multiple businesses. And if he doesn't get a productivity shift, it's going to be hurting his outcome, like with his revenue. And so it's two totally different avatars and people. But until we went through the exercise with the consultant, you know, at first it, it did. I'm like, why are we doing this? Like, I know who my target audience is, but do you really, <laughs> you know? Right. So it was very, very helpful um, to sit down and like do it for yourself. And so if you haven't done that and you're listening, like go do it, like do it tonight, like sit down and like literally list out like exactly what you're saying. Like, where do they live? What do they drive? How many kids do they have? Are they married? Do they have a partner? Like all of these questions, where do they shop? Like ask yourself all those things. Is that something that they, like the questions to really, really drill down on your avatar? Is that something that you talk about in your four-step framework book? It is. <laughs> Yay. I'm like, yes, yeah. I just got to go good. Absolutely true. And there's actually a free workbook that goes along with it that has that kind of like laid out for you so that when we ask you the questions rather than you trying to remember so that you can just fill it in, follow along with the book and be able to really create this and hone in on it. It's absolutely, it's just so important to really truly understand your positioning in the marketplace um, and who you're going to be able to reach with that. I love it. So for people listening that already have an audience and they have a target audience and the engagement is good, like, like the first sponsorship that you got, like, I mean, these are huge, like Neutrogena, Glad, Costco. Like, I'm assuming these are things that you used in your everyday life that you talked about or shared like on your blog. And so did you talk about these products first and then you had data points and then you reached out to them or like, what was the first relationship like? If so, if someone wants to do that, like how would they even go about that? So it's actually so much easier now than it was back then when I started because Instagram stories makes it so easy. You don't have to do a full blog post and incorporate a product now in to get data points. All I have to do is talk about it on stories, do a quick poll and see who uses it and then provide that data to the brand showing they're having the proof already that, hey, my people want to learn more about this. Um, it does. And the, one of the things I love that you said is the piece about, is it things that you already use? And my mm -hmm. big thing is it's things that I, you know, that are around the house. That's how I start with trying to figure out who I was going to pitch. Um, it's always things that I like 
and love to just use at home. Um, so you, within your niche, you're looking to see what works. Some of them, like Neutrogena is a great example of one that actually reached out and wanted me to do something for free. And that's one of the big, like, ooh, no no's you hear about amongst bloggers. It's, oh, you never work for free. And it's often what blog, I have seen bloggers reply back is, you, I can't pay my mortgage in, you know, in product. Can you? Mm-hmm. Instead of being able to negotiate and say, thanks so much. I'm so glad you're interested. This is actually a perfect product for my audience because I have two little girls with two different skin types because they're at that time they were pushing their suntan lotion. Um, and I said, you know, in order to, te- to keep the integrity of my site to my readers and any previous brands, I only work on compensated content. Love to put together a proposal for you that would be specific to you and to show you what I could do as well as here's my media kit to go along with it so you know all my numbers. Um, and that resulted that in over $11,000 over the course of like two wow. years. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And it was them initially asking me for, to put up a video on Facebook for free. That's how it all started. Wow. So if, if, if someone doesn't have a media kit, can you just give us the quick rundown of what a media kit should have? Yes. So a media kit is going to have your information about you a little bit, and then it's gonna really hone in on your audience and your site. It's gonna give your stats as far as like page views, and then it's gonna also give social media numbers so that they know how many followers and things like that that you have. You also want to on there talk about any like awards or um, kind of things that you've been featured in so that they know that there's obviously traffic coming to your site. It's just more proof, of course. You are not, the number one thing you are not doing is you are not putting how much you charge on a media kit. And a lot of times I will get people push back on that and say, but what's the, why wouldn't I do that? And the reason is because if you instead put together a proposal that's specific to that brand that gives a package price not an individual, I charge this for a blog post and this for um, Instagram story and this for your, when you have that package price and the deliverables that you're going to give, now when they come back and they're going to come back and say they can't afford it, even if they can, they are, I have had brands at conferences in front of 500 bloggers say, we will cut you in half because we're trying to get you for the lowest price. That's their job. It's not because they're trying to be mean to you. It's just what their job is. (laughs) So they're going to negotiate you down. And then what you're able to do is take some of those deliverables out that still make it valuable to you. So you know the value of an Instagram story or of a blog post, but you're able to play with that package price so that you still sit at a price that doesn't go below your hate rate. And that hate what rate. What is a hate rate? Yeah. I like that. What <laughs> is that? It's one of my favorite things to talk about. So your hate rate is that price in which not only are you going to hate the client, but you're going to hate yourself and the project <laughs> for having gone below that price. It's oh that price God. where you're like, I'm just spending too much time. It's not worth it. And then what ends up happening is your what you actually deliver probably sucks because you were resentful at the price that you're working at. So now it's going to be impossible to try to get a long term because you're not going to be able to deliver with the same results. So having a hate rate, knowing that price that you are not willing to go below for a blog post, an Instagram story is just so important. So how do you, how would you tell people to even arrive at a price? Because I mean, I've heard all kinds of different things and like a formula, an industry standard of how many followers times your engagement rate equals blah, 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 blah. Like what's the lowdown? Like what is the legit formula that people should be asking for? So I am actually part of um, influence. It's an influencer marketing association. And mm-hmm. there, unfortunately, as much as people like to say there's an industry standard, there really isn't. It's still the wild, gotcha. wild west. And the reason is because 
Instagram grows, goes out and puts together a new program. And then all of a sudden we're scrambling to figure out how to do reels and how to incorporate it mm-hmm. into our, our content. So there's most people will say for Instagram in particular, it's easier to kind of give a number. So for every 10,000 followers, you can normally charge a hundred dollars for a post or a story. So in other words, okay. if you have 30,000 followers, you're going to be able to charge that $300 for one post to your feed. That stays. Yes. Same okay. even, even an Instagram story though, too. Anything Instagram reels is still something that's kind of if and back and forth, but even a reel, if you do one reel, you have, I would still go with that industry standard that for every 10,000, you can charge a hundred. So if you have 30,000 followers, you can charge for one reel, you can charge 300 one Instagram story. So one of the things that I always teach people to do is Instagram stories are great. And that's where you truly get the engagement. Cause you have to remember when you work with a brand, what matters to them is their ROI. They want to see their return on investment. And if you can't prove that with numbers, they're not going to get into a long-term contract with you, which is the purpose of doing sponsored content. Purpose is not to do one and be done. You want these long-term contracts that'll be for three posts and then they extend it again for another six months or whatever it might be. So when you're Mm -hmm. looking at it with your stories, because you can do something like a poll and then get into their DMs and get more information, that's really valuable for you as an influencer and also for the brand because it provides them with data that they probably couldn't have found on their own. Gotcha. So do you have a lot of people that come to you for your coaching and your consulting and they're like, can you teach me to do this? Or do you have people that say, here's all the stuff that I use. I have this many followers. Can you just do it for me? Like, do you guys offer that service? I don't offer that service just because it has to be so specific with the pitch. It's something that I was approached on after having created my course and like, well, why don't you just do it? And I was like, yeah, no, thank you. Um, I'll teach you how to do it. Um, but it's a process and for each person, it's very individualized. Like you have to know the ins and outs of their business to be able to talk about their audience when you do put together a pitch. Um, so really it should be something that they're doing, or if you're going to go and you're, you know, there's those huge influencers out there that have millions of followers, they might get someone like that. That's kind of like an agent that's Mm -hmm. going to try to pitch them to bigger brands and get a cut of that. Um, but when you're starting out, you're better off just pitching yourself. Like I said, I was never huge, but I was making $10,000 a month just off sponsored posts. That's amazing. So it's okay, people, put your media kit together and do it yourself. Like all they can do is say no or not get back to you, right? Yes, that's absolutely right. And the big thing too is it's a process. Like I said, like unless you get a no, it's still a maybe. It's all about the follow-up process. Like you got to think about how busy is your inbox. Theirs is just as busy, if not busier. So you have to continually follow up. And that's in my course, I walk you through the entire process of like the follow up and give you spreadsheets and things that you would love, Angela, because I know that you're very much productivity and making sure you're organized. Yes. Um, That really make sure that you get through that whole process. One of the things that I do offer is I have a pitch guide that's actually free um, that gives them a my swipe copy of what I used to initially pitch. It gives them a checklist of all the things that they want to make sure that they have in their pitch. Um, but that is normally where most people start with me. And it's just jennymelrose.com forward slash pitch dash checklist. I love it. So, I mean, guys, girls, you can have a real business out of this, but you got to build your audience first. That's the most important. And so talk to us more about your strategy on Instagram. And I know you specifically mentioned stories and selling to your audience. So is this something that you post a story every day? Do you put it in your highlights? And like, how do you go about it? So it's not so like 
salesy, I guess. Like what's the strategy for Instagram stories? Yes. So um, Instagram stories, if you can be consistent with them, I'd recommend posting to Instagram stories three to five times a day. That's not three to five times a day with a pitch. That's three to five times a day telling the story of your day. That's what people are looking for. It gives you a chance to become known to them, for them to decide, do I like this person? Do I trust them? Am I willing to give them my money? Because ultimately, when you sell something, that is what you're trying to build. And Stories provides you that opportunity to be able to do it. Now, the way in which I make a pitch is I actually will use the poll feature. So for example, when my book came out, we did a virtual book launch party because of course it was during COVID. Mm-hmm. So I had it planned that we were going to do it virtually and I wanted to make sure as many people were there as possible. So I put up a story with me like holding the book and doing like a quick boomerang of being something, doing something silly and asked in the poll, um, are you, who's signed up to like come to the virtual event? And then in the poll part, I said, already signed up and need to save my seat. And then those that said already signed up, you can see inside your insights. So I then DM'd each one of them and said, thanks so much. I'm so excited to see you. And just kind of left it at that. Then the ones that said, I want to save my seat, I DM'd them and sent them the link to be able to make sure that they were signed up for it so they would be there. I do that with my programs. I do that with my opt-ins. I do that with all like podcast episodes. That's how I get it in front of them. And the reason I'm doing that is because now I get to continue the conversation with them in their DMs. I'm sending them to a direct link that they're going to be able to click on rather than trying to say to them, swipe up or go to my profile for the link. Just make it easy and give them it in DM so that it's clickable and then continue talking to them about, do they already have the book or whatever corresponds with that. And the reason you're not only just trying to continue the conversation, but by getting into their DMs, you're affecting the algorithm. Instagram sees those that you, whose DMs you get into as people that you're closer with, especially if the conversation continues. So now what ends up happening is Instagram's going to be more likely to show your content to those people whose DMs you've gotten into. Stories, reels, posts in their feed from like weeks ago, all of a sudden, all of these posts, will they'll start seeing your content, whereas before they may not have been seeing it that often. So it's really important to just create an easy poll so that you can continue a conversation in DMs. So it's interesting that you say use DMs versus swipe up. So what's your thoughts? Like, are there, is there, um, I guess the, like you said, the algorithm is better if you use DMs versus the whole swipe up is, are the swipe ups, um, trackable? So what ends up popping with swipe up is think about what you do when you're inside Instagram you're swiping up all day long. That's what you do when you go into the Facebook app on your phone. That's what you're doing on Instagram. It's a passive action. When they actually then fill out that poll and you've given them the link, they truly want to be there. Because I'm sure if you were to go back and look at your data from a swipe up, if you were to look at like, let's say you're taking that swipe up and you're sending it to a landing page. If you were to look at that landing page coming from Instagram in your analytics, it's probably a crappy conversion rate because it's not, it's again, it's just that passive action of swiping up and then will they actually fill it out? Plus, once you're on there, it is so easy to accidentally come off. I cannot tell you how many times I have I follow fashion and beauty bloggers, love seeing what makeup they use because I was a total jock in high school and just didn't, <laughs> didn't understand the whole makeup thing. So I will, if I'm watching and I see them talking about certain makeup, I'll swipe up because they're using a referral link. Well, then I'll get in there and I'll go, well, I don't want to just a $12 thing. I want to get more. All of a sudden I'm totally out of the app. I've lost my, what I had in cart and I got to start all over again. 
And I'm not going to go back to that. Unfortunately, sometimes if I know the person, I'll definitely go back to give them a referral. But other times it wastes so much time that I'll just go and Google what it is that I saw them talking about. (laughs) I know that's terrible. Completely off the platform. (laughs) (laughs) No, I totally get it. But (laughs) you're right. Instead, if I, that beauty blogger was talking about the mascara that she uses on all of her brides, she had said, want the info on the mascara? Um, and she put a poll that said, heck yes, and already have it. Notice I didn't say no. I said already have it because you want to show social proof for showing that they already have it. And then the ones that actually said, heck yes, now I'm going to DM those girls with the link, referral link, to that mascara. And then it opens up in a new safari or new window, depending upon what, you know, platform you're on as far as your cell phone, your laptop, whatever, um, that's going to make it much easier for them to actually use and purchase. That makes total sense. And so I'm assuming you would say your number one converting strategy for sales would be to use to DM people if they interact with your story. Is that right? Yes. And it has to start with the poll feature. You need them to raise their hand first before you just randomly DM someone. Um, I've gotten too many of those sleazy messages where it's like, I liked a picture and all of a sudden I've got a DM from them asking me to do Beachbody or Rodan and Fields or whatever it might be. Um, And I've never once spoken to that person. You want to make sure they've raised their hand, they've said they're interested, and then DM them. I do this even on my um, actual feed as well. So if I post a picture, I'll normally do my story and I'll give a call to action, something like, um, leave me your fave emoji in the comments and I'll send you the link for the latest podcast episode. And then anyone that leaves me their fave emoji, I will then reply and say, sending it over in DM right now. And then I hit their next to their name and DM them the link to be able to go to the podcast episode. Love it. So how many polls are healthy per week? Like y'all don't be like doing like five polls a day, right? (laughs) I mean, you can do some polls where they're maybe not the exact, you're not expecting to, you're not going to DM them like links. It's not necessarily a pitch. I would say you can get away with a pitch a day. And the pitch sometimes is for something free. Sometimes it's to send them to a podcast episode for me or to send them to content. Other times it could be for signing up for one of the masterminds I run or a coaching spot that I have open. Um, I've pitched coaching programs that are $1,500 and people have signed up right through DMs. It's often crazy. I have one of my full-time clients actually that it was DMs on Instagram and she's been with me. She just signed a contract for another six months. So she'll be with me for a year. That's amazing. So when people say you can't get business through Instagram DMs, you know that they don't know what they're talking about. (laughs) You don't know what you don't know. Yeah. They are cold pitching people then. Because you're right. That way they can't. There's no way people are going to convert that way. Right. But you have to have a strategy. Like, like you said, like start with the poll, the people that like and interact, they raise their hand as you would call it and then start the conversation from there. And what are your thoughts on the formula of give value first before you ask for something? I a hundred percent agree. And I think honestly, a lot of us doing that already. Like naturally that's what we're doing. Like I have so many food bloggers that will then decide that they want to create an ebook and all along they've just been creating recipes and have never asked for money. And it's always a tough transition for them because one, their people aren't used to seeing them ask for money and two, Mm -hmm. they feel awkward asking for it when they shouldn't. They've given a ton of free content. So it's funny that you say that because a lot of my food bloggers they'll kind of like push back and be like, but I have to give value. And I'm like, you've given six years of value. Come on. Right. Let's get some money for what we're, all the work we put into this. Of course. Yes. But absolutely. yeah, I kind of, I got caught in that loop. I would say, sorry to me. No, please. I got, I got caught in that. Like 
where um, when I was in the wedding, heavily in the wedding industry, and I would just give, 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 give. Like I never asked for anything because I loved sharing the stories to help other people. And then when we actually started doing online courses and building lead magnets and sales funnels, that current audience was not primed for me to ask for stuff. So I've essentially pretty much had to start over with people that were going to understand, listen, I'm going to give you some value, but free doesn't work. You are not going to get something for free and turn around and implement something that's going to change your business and change your life because I've, I've done it before. I mean, I, I, we as humans do it where I mean, think of the free samples that you get all the time. And it's like, do I really use that stuff? Where if I go and I purchase something, it's like, well, I paid money for that. So of course I'm going to make myself use it, you know, in like a nightly routine or something for face cream. Yeah. So it's like, you have to, I call it potty train your brain, potty train your brain of the audience that like, you have a strategy. This is a real business. And, but you're authentically talking and sharing stories. It's not just about, oh, things that like, I'm not going to use a planner or talk about paper because I don't use paper. <laughs> so like that would not be authentic for me to like talk about that and then turn around and ask somebody to buy it. You know, like that's just not in, in the scope of what you're doing. Right. I mean, stay authentic. Um, what are your thoughts on Instagram reels? Like I know it's kind of new and some people have dove right in and they left TikTok and now, you know, this back and forth of TikTok's being banned and now it's not being banned. Like, what are your thoughts on that? And can people use Reels to also convert as well? Yes. And I see it's, I haven't seen yet and I'm still playing with it to kind of try to figure it out. That's, it's actually funny you say Instagram reels because we're covering that next month in my membership site because I do, I feel oh. like it's, I love Instagram. I love everything about it. Um, and I think that they're smart. Anytime they see something doing well, they take it over. That's where stories came from. They took it over from Snapchat and now reels, they're taking it over from TikTok. If they're trying to keep people to just use their app and let's be honest, that's what we whine about as influencers all the time. I don't want to go into all these different websites and all these different places for social media. Well, Instagram's trying to make it easier for you. As far as the conversion piece of Reels, I haven't quite seen it yet because there's nothing where they can really like, I just, stories are like my jam. That is because polls are so easy to then be able to have a conversation and continue it. Reels, because you can put a description, I think you could do something similar like what I'm doing on my feed where you would have a call to action always making sure you tell them how you want them to interact with you. But what I do think Reels do is they really give an opportunity for your audience to know you as a person. So it speeds up that process of them being willing to buy something. I have a client right now that's a vegan food blogger and she did a 30 day challenge where she has done a reel every single day. Her reels are adorable because it's her. It's just her being goofy and like sharing things about her vegan cooking. And that is often hard, I think, for especially for niched like that, food bloggers, DIY. They're not used to coming in front of the camera. Normally it's about the food or the projects that they're doing. So now Reels is giving them an opportunity to kind of get to know their personality so that if they do have a product, she just did a bundle that made a boatload of money over four days because her people feel like they love her and want to buy whatever she's going to offer. Gotcha. So again, but I'm assuming that like she only uses vegan ingredients. She only uses non-meat products, you know, so she's probably also getting sponsored probably from like this food and I know my, uh, one of my team members is pescatarian. And so, you know, some stuff can make you actually feel better, give you more energy. And then some stuff can like make you just feel tired and, you know, feel like shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, but if you talk about that and you're being relevant and you're sharing things and 
you know, think of, I wonder how many people that she has turned from gone, you know, eating meat to not eating meat because it can make you really feel better. We just got done doing a keto digital summit for a large, like 3000 people who are psycho, but like in a good way for, um, keto, but with a strong emphasis on carnivore. And I'm like, what is that? And then poor Amanda's over here. She's like, I haven't eaten meat in 13 years. She's like grossed out, but there's really, a, I started to learn like the health benefits and listening to thousands of people's stories where they were overweight, they had high cholesterol, they were type two diabetes and they just started to eat the carnivore way and like slowly but surely, like all these things went away. And so like, we need to be careful what we're putting in our mouth. But in addition to that, the chemicals that are in, like one guy that I listened to, the chemicals he talked about what's in sunscreen and that's over like 30 SPF specifically. And then um, the people that come to your home and like spray for bugs, there's like another chemical that they've done all these studies on. And so now I'm like, oh my gosh, I should not, I should read the label or ask more questions. But as general consumers, like we don't know these things. And so, but like, those are the kinds of stories where like, I'll jump on my story and I'm like, oh my God, did you guys know that there's been studies on lavender oils? And if you put it on your little boys that it could like babies, like baby infant little boys that it can like send them into puberty really early. And then people will be like, where the hell did you hear this or come up with this stuff? I'm like, I listened to this YouTube video with this scientist, you know, but it's there to, they have all the studies to back it up. But like, if you're not exposing yourself to this information, then you don't know these things at all. We, I, I thought, I was like, I thought lavender helped me sleep better. Um, but you apparently you really shouldn't put it on your, if you have an infant boy, you shouldn't put it on his pillow. I don't know. It's just all this crazy information. Um, but if you can help somebody and talk about it, so, so where I'm going with all of this, I'm like, I do have a question. Should people talk about like that one thing, like I'm a vegan expert, I'm a cook, here's my recipes, or if they have other information that they've learned, like, should they talk about that or should they only like focus on talking about one thing? So that's my question with all that. No. And I love Jargon. that you told the, No, I love that you told the full story. <laughs> like it, it gives me a better picture of where you're trying to go with it. Um, I feel that Instagram stories in particular, and, and this is not the same for your blog. This is not the same for Facebook or even the feed on Instagram, but Instagram stories, I think you need to share more of you. Like my kids, even though I, um, I'm not a teacher anymore. I'll still share some of the stuff that's going on because my clients do have similar struggles. They are trying to figure out how do I homeschool my kids now and continue to run my business. So I need them to see that it's not all rainbows and unicorns. It is hard, Mm -hmm. but here's what I've found has worked. And here are the days where I just want to go in the closet and cry. And this is why I cried, but then this is how I bounce back. And some days it's not even how I bounce back. It's just, this is what happened. Any advice, please, someone out there, help me with this. Because first of all, people love to share their advice and they want to connect with you on a human level. Um, I think we're seeing more and more of that right now in particular, that you people really want to just know the real you behind the business. Um, so sharing, looking at stories is like, it is the story of your day. I have an Instagram story planner that actually like gives you those talking points for throughout, throughout your day. And I talk about that you should have a morning, an afternoon, and an evening kind of like consistently planned. So think about your day. What does your morning look like? Do you start the day off with a smoothie? Do you do a workout? Do you go for a run? Um, do you meditate? Like start with a picture of you just doing that and share something along those lines. And that's your first story for the day. Then afternoon, what's something consistent that you do in the afternoon? Do you go for a walk? Do you have the dog sleeping underneath your desk while you're doing a podcast interview, whatever it might be. 
And then same thing again for the evening. So that then in those other spots where you're trying to fit in other ones, now you can do a pull and like it be business specific. You've already kind of covered that consistency of the routine. And it's okay if it changes or, or even it's okay if it doesn't change. Um, when we were pre-COVID, I had a pretty good routine because of the girls going off to school. And I have an Australian shepherd that we talk about is like Velcro. Wherever I go, he has to go. And I would always share a shot in the morning of like him attached to me, no matter what it was I was doing, whether I was meditating, whether I was working out whether I was going for a walk. So it kind of like that, my audience expected to see a shot of him first thing in the morning. And a lot of people like that because it shows the personality, the other side, the person behind the business. And I think that's important. Yeah, it's so important. I used to not do any of that. And then one of our interns at the time, she's like, Angela, I had this complete, you know how like when you, you listen to someone or you followed them, but then you meet them and they're nothing like what you made up in your head. Yes. <laughs> so basically, that's what she told me. She's like, I had all this stuff made up in my head about you and you're actually not like that at all. And so what I learned from it is if you don't fill in those gaps and share with your audience how you are about lots of different ways in your life, personally and professionally, people make shit up about you. And again, it's like, I mean, I find my mother doing it. And sometimes like I'll find myself doing it. And I'm like, she was driving to my place yesterday. There was a wreck. And so she's like, I'm a few minutes late because there was a wreck. And I don't know when the ambulance is going to get there. And I mean, she just starts telling me this story. And I'm like, mom, she's like, I just, I don't know if anyone's going to die or if they're hurt. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, okay, you saw a wreck. I doubt anyone's dead. Otherwise, like you probably would have stopped and pulled over like that knowing you, but it's like we as human beings fill in the gaps if the story's not told fully, like we really do. So that's why when people um, make things up, I'm like, this is an opportunity as a business owner for you to know that you have to fill in the narrative. You have to tell the story and fill in the gaps. And if there's gaps and people are saying things that aren't necessarily true or relevant, some people don't even mean anything by it. They're just trying to fill in the gaps. Right. So it's okay to like share yourself. And exactly what you said, when I started to share more behind the scenes, which I do in my stories of, um, you know, if one more woman said to me, you don't understand because you don't have kids, I, I wanted to vomit because my sister has kids. I help her with the kids. I've raised one of them <laughs> practically, the oldest one before she went to college this year, but I never talked about it and I never shared it. And so people had no idea that once I was done with work, then I would go pick up the kids and now help homeschool and do these other things. But how would they know? Because I never talked about it and I never shared anything. And so now we have some clients that are some women and they're like, you know, I totally wrote you off in the beginning because when you talked about productivity, I'm like, oh, well, yeah, she's just talking about productivity in your business. Of course, you're able to be productive. You don't have kids. You don't understand. But then when they started to see that, like, I run to the gym, I try to go to the gym myself. Like, I'm running kids to a soccer game, you know, like, oh, actually, you might just get it. So it's not just this productivity in your business, but it's, an, it's a complete mindset of your entire life and how you run your life, not just your business. So I think that's, I mean, I've learned a ton from that just by people giving me their feedback of, you need to share it yourself. <laughs> like people need to know, and they like to know exactly what you just said. They like to know the person behind the business. Um, they want to feel like they have a personal relationship with you. Otherwise it's like, it's just, it's not real. It's not authentic and people aren't going to convert like that. They're really not. Um, so tell us a little bit more about your book. Where can they get it? And what, like, so what are the four steps? 
So it's a four-part um, framework, so I make it really simple and easy, and I do this cute little introduction in the beginning, how because the framework is PACK, P-A-C-K, and I talk about how you're going to pack your bags and go on a journey with me to really understanding how to grow your business. Um, but that PACK stands for P for positioning, A for authenticity, C for confidence, and K for kindness. Um, and this was written last September, so it was before all things that happened in 2020 we'll never forget it that's right no but my point is like kindness has always been a huge part of my business and I think that in the book I really walk you through that as you're creating all this and understanding that audience and the positioning you also need to understand your vision for your business and what is it that you're trying to put out there so that you know what you value and I think I recently and I'm not going to go political, I promise, but I was having a discussion with my husband about the upcoming presidential election. <laughs> and I said to him, I said, I just realized why I'm so inclined against him. And it's because I just, one of my largest values is trust. And that for me is just huge. It doesn't make a difference anything else, but I need trust in my business as a person and in the relationships I have with other people. Um, mm. So that for me, and he kind of looked at me and he was like, that does make so much sense because you don't care about anything else. But the fact that this was said, however many years ago, <laughs> and you lost it um, because of it. So like, that I think understanding your values and building that into your vision for your business. We walk through that in the book for sure. That's awesome. And so guys, if you want to anything we're talking about, if you want to start growing an audience and converting, monetizing, go to Jenny. And again, we'll put it all in the notes, jennymelrose.com slash IG dash story dashed planner. We're going to put it all in the show notes. And then you can also go to jennymelrose.com slash book, just B-O-O-K. And can they get the book um, just on your website? Yep. That'll link to actually out. It's on Amazon. It's also like all book, bookstores, Barnes and Nobles books and more, whatever they have near them. And then that link will actually bring them so that they can get the free workbook that we talked about that actually goes along with it so that they can make sure they're doing the exercises. There's an exercise for each section that I put into the book because I am that teacher. I am going to hold you accountable <laughs> and give you homework. I love it. And I love the cover of your book. It's so you, it's so cute, <laughs> but it's like, we're going to, we mean business people. I love it. Um, so the, the really fast, I'm sorry, Angela, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, it's the, okay. The fact that you brought up the book, my Instagram story audience chose that cover. I offered them really? multiple pictures and they chose it. And oh my that gosh was huge for them because so many people then have said, Oh my God, I got your book. It was the one I chose. And they were so excited about it. So like, it's that simple. Just give them a couple pictures and have them help. They'll want to tell. I got so much engagement on that story. What a great idea. I love that. We're working on a new book. I'm going to do that. I'm like, I'm going to do a poll. Thanks, Jenny. Yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So what's your favorite platform for people to connect with you on? Definitely Instagram, especially DMs. Like I'm just, an easy, it's so easy to just have a quick conversation. Um, definitely Instagram. So it's at Jenny underscore Melrose. I love it. Well, everybody make sure you go to jennymelrose.com slash book, get the book, get the free workbook to get started. And especially if you are doing something that you love, but you feel burnt out and you have a passion for something else, don't keep doing the same thing over and over because you're going to get the same result. You can do something different. And Jenny's mapped it out and laid it out so nicely for you so that if you follow the plan, the outcome, it works. She's proof. You know it works. Jenny, thank you so much for your time today. This was awesome. Thank you so and much for having me. I appreciate it. Yes. And everybody that's listening, thank you so much for your time. And be sure to always tune in next week for another episode of Business Unveiled. Everybody have a great day. Bye. That's it for this week's episode of Business Unveiled. Now that you have all the tools that you need to conquer the world and GSD, 
get shit done. Would you share this with your friends and fellow business leaders? One thing that would really, really help us and help new listeners is for you to rate the show and leave a comment in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you tune in and listen to Business Unveiled. You can check out the show notes at AngelaProfit.com slash podcast and link up with us on social media so you can share your biggest insights and I want to know your aha moments. Until next week, remember the profitable shifts and structures you're creating in your business help you be more present in your life. So get out there and GSD.